We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to episode 2 of Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray and across the virtual table from me is John Irons. John, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And we have a special guest this uh, this episode. Hi Chan, how are you doing? Hi, Hi Chan. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's alright. I'm good, thank you. So, uh... John and I introduced ourselves uh, last episode, so I'm going to give you a minute to introduce yourself to everybody. Okay. Um, I'm Hai Chen Bui. I'm a pop culture journalist from the D.C., Virginia area. I freelance for USA Today uh, for the pop culture entertainment blog, and I write about movies, superheroes, generally anything sci-fi and TV. Um, my favorite shows are Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Lost. Oh, and you can follow me at htranbui on Twitter. So I was a big fan of Lost when I was uh, when it was on a few years ago, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm an avid defender of it. Yeah. So, what kinds of things do you have to defend against? Well, mostly the the finale. People are very unhappy with the ways that they didn't tie up any of the loose ends. Um, I I mean, like I just thought that it was more like an emotional journey and it was basically about all these really great character arts and they're really some of like these (coughs) operatic characters that you've seen on tv but it gets kind of like bogged down by all the mystery and like honestly it's like some of the showrunners faults too because they like got a little bit too involved with like the sci-fi heavy stuff so it's it's a flawed show but it's a great show i haven't i haven't felt that way about a show in a while and there were i mean there were a lot of loose ends that got that didn't get tied up and I, i I mean, I was okay with a lot of that because in real life, you don't always get all your, you know, loose ends tied up. But um, there were some questions that I wished that they had that they had answered that they didn't. And that it was also one of those shows that it was hard to talk about because we were just starting to get into the the age of everybody watching stuff on uh, DVR, and they weren't necessarily yeah. watching it when it came on. And I think. Uh, <laughs> I think I ruined. Well, I honestly uh, think that Lost was one of the last shows. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Hello. Go ahead. Are you there? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Um, I think Lost is one of the last shows really that everyone watched at the same time. Yes. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Hello. Can you okay, not hear sorry. us? I thought, okay. I heard you saying, like, no, I can hear you. I just, like, I thought you said, oh, okay. No. Um, anyways, I thought that Lost was one of the last shows that, a, like, a large population of people, like, watched together and kind of experienced all that together. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I know there was specifically the episode that um, where uh, Sun and, and Jen and uh, Saeed all died in that episode. Um, yeah. I went on. I, I went on Facebook that that day and uh 
and I said, RIP, son, Jen and Saeed or something like that. <laughs> and John, and John sent me a message, said, dude, what's up? I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so yeah. one of those shows that it, it's hard it to, it's, like it's hard to it. talk about because you know, you're going to ruin it for somebody because there was a lot of people that didn't watch it until later. You know, we were mm-hmm. first getting into TiVo and all that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just, just otherwise uh, supporting my, Spoilers are evil mantra. Uh, yeah. That's and, apparently a problem I have. Yeah. Um, I wasn't say anything. I wanted to do a, a quick uh, retraction from the last episode uh, that we did. Something, <coughs> something that I found out over the over the uh, time that we've been gone. That um, last episode we talked about Deadpool, and I kept talking about it as though it were part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is not. This Deadpool movie is not part of the MCU. This is uh it's produced by Fox and I think they're considering it to be part of the X Men franchise. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff I said about it being part of Disney and all that kind of stuff, you we can erase all that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I should uh, retract whatever I whatever part of that I agreed with you, which probably most of it. Cause... Well, well, I think I was. Can... Go ahead. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, you're uh, fine. Deadpool did get introduced in um, the Wolverine movies, so he was part. He was part of that whole X Men universe before. Yeah, I, but I think the, I think this version of Deadpool is going to change a little bit from from what they used before because I, I don't think that Wolverine movie is considered to be canon anymore. I think they've <laughs> enough. They've made enough changes since then where it's kind of. Uh, it kind of doesn't really exist in that universe anymore, but uh-huh. it's like an alternate universe. But I didn't really like that movie, to tell you the truth. I, when I went and saw that movie, it kind of felt like I was watching a movie that hadn't been finished yet. Some of the uh, the effects looked kind of weird and and stuff like that. But you know, that was just me. The whole X Men universe is just met like the whole X Men universe timeline is messed up because they went back in time and like basically did a soft reboot with um, Days of Future Past. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And I like I like Days of Future Past. I, the only that the only good. one out of that series that I didn't like. I X Men Three was, I mean, it was okay. It's not one. I'm not going to hate on it. It was okay, but but uh, Origins Wolverine. I didn't really care for that movie much. It had, I'll I hate mean, on X Men Three. I will. I'll take. I'll 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 carry that burden. I didn't okay. like. I you didn't. didn't like it, it wasn't. No, no. I felt like it, there was. They were asking you to believe way too many things that they'd established was not the case before. Right. Namely, that, uh, you know, that Wolverine is the love of Jane Grey's life. Really? 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 Yeah, they kind of made uh, Scott into a pansy. It yeah, was gross. Like they, they, they just, they just, uh, no. Well, it's like I'm they, not even they, a big X Men fan, and I was like, that's mean. They wanted to try and, and bring in elements from the comic. But then they wanted to change things. Right. Know, like, because- there was always, like, he was, all, Wolverine, yes, Wolverine was always into Jean Grey. Um, and he was always, you know, kind of the, you know, the bad boy, you know, <laughs> a-hole trying to sell Cyclops' girl. Yeah. That's, yes, that's fine. But he didn't, it didn't work. Like, it, there was no way that she would feel more for Wolverine than she would for Cyclops. Like, it's, right. no. Well, Sorry. they even carry they even carry that over even in Days of Future Past because he's having all these visions of her. Like every decision that he makes from then on has to do with her, you know. Mm-hmm. So, right, but I'm okay like, with that because that's yeah. him. Like he's 
I'm fine with him pining. Right. With him pining. Cause that's, yeah, that's yeah. But it's not reciprocated. It's, it's never been not to that. They also completely assassinate like Scott's character, like his uh, personality is just way more vanilla than he is in the comics. Although I'm not a big X-Men fan, so I don't know much about Scott's character, but I know he's not as like kind of just, Milk Very toast. bland. Yeah, Milk Toast. That's like Milk Toast as he is in the movies. Well, my main problem with the X-Men franchise, the, the movie franchise, is that they rely on Wolverine too much. You know, they, they basically the mm. whole series is the Wolverine series. You know, they even, uh, they've even taken Wolverine and put him in positions in the stories that he didn't have anything to do with in the comic. Like in right. the Days of Future Past series, yeah. Wolverine wasn't the one that went back in time, was he? Wasn't it another character that was, actually um, did the, the Kitty Pride. Yeah. yeah and when they Kitty. made the movie, they had to make it Wolverine because it's got to be a Wolverine movie. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean... Take I'm, away I'm, more Kitty. And then Hugh, Hugh Jackman, you know, he's he's retiring from the character, which is is pretty good, you know, because in, in the, the, uh, the first uh, X-Men reboot that they did, what was the name of that, the first one? Not Days of Future Past, but the one that was before that. First Class. Yeah, first class. Yeah, an X Men movie that didn't have Wolverine in it, other than that cameo that he did, and I and 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 I I dug it. I liked it. I thought the movie was great. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. So um, we're gonna do our news segment. Of I don't know if you guys have any news uh, stories that you've read about recently that you wanted to share. Um. Can you get back to me on that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because what, the reason I was asking, I was going to let you guys go first because the only thing that I was, I wasn't really going to talk about a news story. I was going to do like a little, a mini uh, film review, real quick mm-hmm. for a, a film that I've watched <laughs> over the um, last uh, few weeks since we've been gone. But I watched Star Trek Renegades. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. I have uh, not. I'm not. I'm not sure what it is. It's like, okay. it's like a series. It's a fan film. Okay, but it's it's made by people that had a lot to do with Star Trek. It's actually directed by Tim Tim Russ that did uh, that played Tuvok on Voyager. Oh, and they um, they raised money through uh, like Kickstarter and stuff like that, and they raised almost four hundred thousand dollars. And the idea was that they were going to create this movie to be the pilot to a new series that would be on CBS. But it was going to be like the Star Trek Prime universe. It wasn't going to be the the movie universe where they changed the timeline. It was going to be the original timeline. And uh, it's god-awful. It's probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, and I mean... That hurts my heart. Yeah. And I reviewed it on, on the website. I put it on, the, on my blog. I put a, a review for it on there. But, I mean, and it had some people in it that you've seen before it had sean young that was in uh, blade runner sure. it had uh gary graham that used to play on alien nation uh corin nemic i don't know if you remember him he was on the uh, sure. parker lewis can't lose back in the back in the day also and, uh, um stargate SG1. yeah 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 stargate and uh and they they dug up edward furlong from wherever he's been <laughs> oh whoa last while where but, has he been yeah, and then it had some Star Trek stars in it too. It had Tim Russ, you know, like I said, he was Tuvok on Voyager. Uh, Richard Hurd that played um, Admiral Paris, you know, he's been in a, 
you know, he was uh, Tom Paris's father from from Voyager. Uh, okay. Walter Koenig that played Chekhov, you know, and uh, Robert Picardo that was the doctor on Voyager. And uh, the basic plot was that there's like a group of aliens that are kind of taking out planets that have uh, where we mine our dilithium crystals or whatever. The Federation gets their dilithium crystals from these planets and these aliens are sucking these planets into black holes and stuff like that. And so uh-huh. Admiral Chekhov is still alive. I think they said he's like 130 something years old. And um, he goes to Tuvok and Tuvok is like the head of section 31 now. And if you know who okay. Section 31 is, like the the CIA of the Federation or whatever, yeah. they're like the Star Wars secret, Black, I mean yeah. Star Trek Black Ops. Yeah, secret organization. So they assemble this group of renegades that can operate outside of the law and help save the day. But I mean, it's just the writing was terrible. It the movie did not feel like a, like you're watching a Star Trek movie. It had. Uh, it had too much violence for one thing. I, I, there was a lot of people that got killed for no reason, which didn't feel like something that would happen in a Star Trek movie. You know, the acting was awful, even though most of the people in it were established actors, you know, and I think a lot of that had to do with the, with the editing and with the writing and the, the costumes. I mean, the bad guys, they're uh, some, they're aliens that you've never really seen before in Star Trek, but I can't remember what they were called on the show, but when they talk, their lips don't even touch. You know, their their mouths are not even moving really when they when they talk and stuff. You know, and so for four hundred thousand dollars, I thought that they could have done a better job. They spent more money on finding established actors when they could have found, you know, some no name actors that probably would have right. done a better. Just as, yeah, just to say, hey, do you want a job? Yeah. Wanna- do you want to be in the next Star Trek series? I guess. Do you want to work for free? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, yeah. it had some, it had a couple of good, um, shots of, you know, ships and space and that kind of thing. But, you know, that, that isn't enough for me to sit and watch. I wouldn't have watched the whole thing if I wasn't going to be reviewing <laughs> it for the show, you know, or if I wasn't going to be reviewing it for the, for the website, you know, I, I probably would have turned it off ten minutes into it, but it was just, it was just so, awful. So, was this so, released recently? Yes, it it's, a- on, it, 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 it's a fan film. So Paramount has this policy that anybody can make a fan film based on Star Trek, and they can use the Star Trek title and everything as long as they don't make any money off of it, as long as they release mm-hmm. it for free. You know, so this was shown at like a convention when it was first finished and then now it's available on YouTube. So you can watch it on YouTube. And, uh, but I, but I shouldn't, is what you're saying. I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> like I said, I wouldn't have watched the whole thing. I, I was excited when I heard about it because it's a new story and it takes place in the Star Trek prime universe, which, you know, is something that I wish that they would get back to as far as uh, a TV show or something like that, because I love the movies but the movies have a different feel, you know, than the TV show does. So mm-hmm. the future of the of that universe is not going to be the same as what we saw in the Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and stuff because they've changed they've changed the past. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see more shows that take place in the in the Prime universe so that we can see more of Next Generation era 
Deep Space Nine Voyager, but not if it's going to look like this. You know, it's, it looked like they had filmed most of it in somebody's house, like they had just built sets out of like cardboard boxes and stuff like that. You know, and and it didn't make any sense for Chekhov to still be alive. He's a hundred and thirty something years old. He's not a Vulcan. His his life. Well, they they do that in the, in the in the Star Trek universe. People can live a long time. Yeah, because if, yeah, if, if you if you imagine. You know, that a lot of the disease that takes people out, a lot of the, you know, genetic issues that take people out, um, they, they've solved a lot of that. Yeah. Cause, I, cause they're like in, um, uh, the next generation, like the series, um, McCoy is still alive. Yeah. Um, I remember that from the pilot and everything, but yeah. And I always thought that, you know, that, that little cameo was just, it was okay. You know, it was just meant to, hey, you know, let's have a cameo yeah. with somebody from the original series. Yeah. But now, basically, the entire original series cast is still alive because at one point or another, they've all been there except for um, Nichelle Nichols. I don't think she ever did anything. Uh, George Takei did an episode of Voyager, but he was like a, I think he was on the holodeck or something like that. He wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. He was. A, it was a memory of Tuvok, but they've all made cameos yeah. in the. I think Scotty was like. He was like stuck in a transporter pattern yeah. or something. So he, which he, is great. That was a great episode, yeah. you know. But then you never go back after Scotty is introduced as being part of that universe. They never used him again, you know. And I thought they they could have brought him back and done another episode of Deep Space Nine or something just to show, hey, what happened to him after he got in that little shuttlecraft and took off on his own, you know. But uh, if you like. Star Trek and you want to see good uh, fan films, there are some really good ones out there, and I was just going to name off a couple so that you know people can go to them. There's one called uh, Prelude to Ax- Axanar, um, and these are all on YouTube, and they're all free. You know, Prelude to Axanar is a short film, and it's actually, they're, they're going to make a feature-length film in the future. They're still trying to raise money for it, but the the short film is made to look like a documentary and they're talking about this huge battle between the Federation and the Klingons and, and, uh, and it's, it's really good. It's got some of some great special effects. You can see where they're spending their money, you know, because doing a documentary style, they don't have to do a lot of dramatic shots. You know, they just have to have somebody doing a fake interview or whatever. And then they can have a lot of special effects in between, you know, um, mm-hmm. But anyway, that's a good one. And then there's a there's a, a series called uh, Star Trek Phase Two that's pretty good. That's uh, basically like an extension of the original series. It's like supposed to be the the fourth season, and it's got different people playing all the characters. The acting on that one's not that great, but it's got some good good effects. It's got some good stories. They've had um, some guest stars like Walter Koenig, George Takei, Denise Crosby have all guest starred on it. Um, but then the best one that I've seen is called Star Trek Continues, and it's actually got Chris Doohan, which is uh, James Doohan's son, playing Scotty, and the production values on that show are pretty much on par with the original series. And They've actually got one episode that I think is one of the best Star Trek episodes ever. It's called um, Ferris of Them All, and it picks up right after the episode Mirror Mirror, where they go to the, the Mirror Universe. Mm-hmm. It picks up right there where that leaves off, and the entire episode takes place in the mirror universe when evil Kirk comes back to his universe and everything. And uh, it's a really good episode. So I just wanted to 
do that film review for Star Trek um, Renegades. You guys can watch it if you want to, but I have warned you. So, <laughs> so do Star Trek fans generally hold the fan films like in high regard? Are they like considered part of the canon? I'm like, no, I'm not a not, fan of Star Trek myself, so they're not really part of the part of the canon. Mm-hmm. It's just that Star Trek fans like to, you know, we want to have we want to have new stories, and there hasn't been any new Star Trek on television in so long since Enterprise went off the air. How long was that, John? When did Enterprise go off the air? About 10 years ago? Yeah, about at least 10 years. Yeah, so we haven't... The only Star Trek that we've had since then has been the two uh, J.J. Abrams movies, which are good. Mm -hmm. You know, I like those movies, but they still don't have the feel of the way Star Trek did when it was on television. So Yeah, like J.J. Abrams has... Oh, it's been like a big uh, Star Wars fan, so I heard that he kind of made the Star Trek movies into more of a Star Wars feel. He did. He basically mm-hmm. made uh, made Star Wars and called it Star Trek. But <laughs> uh, you know, you know I'm, I disagree with that. I don't. I don't think that's true. I, I I would say that there's maybe a Star Wars influence in the kind of being, I guess, flashier and slicker yeah. in, in the visual style. Uh, but I, I feel like the, the characters, the Star Trek characters, I feel like he, I mean, not that it's all up to him, but um, I feel like the movies honored them well. I feel like, you know, McCoy is McCoy and Kirk is Kirk. And like, I, I feel like, I feel like the characters uh, sustained into his movie versions. And, and it's, you know, it's really there. They're Hello. They're kind of the heart of the show. So, uh, you know, you're, you got a, you got a pretty good start. Yeah, and I just thought the um and 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 I'm a, I'm a fan of those movies. I'm not bashing those movies at all, but I kind of felt like Kirk is Kirk basically, but it's like he tried to turn him a little bit into Han Solo, just a little <laughs> bit, you know. Well, because, Everyone's trying to be Han Solo though. Yeah, uh, but, but he's Kirk without any. You know, he's Kirk in a universe where he didn't grow up with his dad. Right. Learning. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it makes sense that he's a, he's still a little wilder and he doesn't, you know, he's not as responsible. And and frankly, Kirk from the series was kind of a, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the rating is on, on the podcast, but, he, you know, yeah. there are lots of words that PG, I can. PG, PG, yeah. <laughs> kind of my mom, my mom you... listens to this show. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he is like. He's a horn dog. He is yeah. kind of reckless and cowboy mentality. Bit of a sleaze. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he grows out of that as the as the as the series and as the movies go on. But yeah, he's he's absolutely got a cowboy mentality. And yeah. like I said, I love I love those movies. The, the the only bad thing that I've ever really had to say about those two movies, and I think the third one comes out next, uh, either in 2016 or 2017. Um, I think it's going to be called Star Trek Beyond. But in Star Trek Into Darkness, and I'm going to spoil a little bit. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. But, you know, if you if you haven't seen Star Trek Into Darkness, then if you're still going to, you might want to turn this off for a couple of minutes because I'm going to talk about something that happens in the film. That's but all toward, towards That's the not- end, towards the end of the film, they kind of redo the whole scene from Star Trek 2 where Spock dies but they reverse it and they turn it into Kirk being the one that is sacrificing himself and and Spock's on the other side of the glass right 
The mm-hmm. only thing that I didn't like about that is that when you see that in Star Trek Two, the whole reason that it's so heartbreaking is because you're looking at two characters that have known each other for their entire adult life. You know, and one of them is dying and the other one is just watching it happen. You're watching the same thing happen in Star Trek Into Darkness, but now these are two characters that have only known each other for a couple of years. They haven't spent their entire life together because this is supposed to be in the same timeline as the original series TV show, not the films, you know. So it did for me, it didn't work just because there wasn't as much between those two characters in the last three or four years as there would have been between Kirk and Spock and Star Trek 2 when they've known each other for, you know, 20 years or whatever. You know, so that's the only bad thing that I've got to say about that series. Other than that, I, you know, I, I can go with anything that they throw at me as far as uh, Star Trek. But you guys want to play a game real quick before we go into sure. uh, our uh, other topics? I love uh, games. This is the one that I was going to play last time, and I thought it would be better if we had more than one person, more than two people playing. But um, I'm also afraid that I'm not going to be very good at it. (laughs) So uh, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping you guys are a little better at it than I am. But have you? I know John has, but uh, hi, Chan. Have you ever heard of the game Six Degrees of Separation from Kevin Bacon? Of course. Okay. Bacon game. Yeah. Yeah. So. This game is going to be similar to that, but this game is called Six Degrees of Separation from MCU. Ooh. So basically, the way the game is going to work is, and we're going to do three rounds, so we'll each take a turn. Um, one of us is going to name an actor, and what you have to do is link that actor to one of the films that's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe within six steps. Okay. You like can't. It. You can't use... The X-Men films, or the Spider-Man what? films, or the Fantastic Four films, because they're not MCU. Ah. Oh, okay. So you, you have can, to link... Sorry, you can, can you, you can use them, them. Yeah, you can use them as a step. You know, you can use any film in existence as a step to get them there. Mm-hmm. But, but, the, but the one that you land on at the end, within six steps, has to be from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I was gonna, I was gonna make one of the rules that you can't use Agents of Shield or or Daredevil, but I'll go ahead and allow that. You can use Agents of Shield, you can use Daredevil if you want, because even though they're not films, they still take place in that universe. Can I use television shows? Uh, yeah. Since I'm allowing uh, Daredevil (laughs) and Agents of Shield, I'll go ahead and allow television shows. So, um, all right. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll start. I'll name an actor for John to try, and then John can name an actor for Hai Chan, and then Hai Chan can name an actor for me. Wow. Okay. So so I'll start. So I'll just name an actor, and you try and get to the MCU in within six steps. Okay. I will try. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be that good at it either. But we'll do it. Interesting. Use use an actor that has a that's modern and use has a wide body of work. Don't use Humphrey Bogart, you know, <laughs> or something like that. You know, use somebody that's modern. Yeah. Okay. So let me give you let me give you just an example. If if I if I said Hugh Jackman, um, you're not you know you can't use you can't use X Men to land on, but you can use it as a step. So if I okay. said Hugh Jackman, you could say Hugh Jackman was in. X-Men with Famke Jansen 
Famke Jansen was in uh, Taken with Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson was in Star Wars Episode One with uh, <laughs> with um, what's her name? He was in, well, Star Wars Episode One also Samuel Jackson, didn't it? Yeah, Samuel he Jackson. Was. Yeah, and Samuel Jackson. I was thinking of uh, the the girl. I can't remember Natalie her name. Portman. Yeah, Natalie Portman. And Natalie Portman was in Thor. You know, so mm-hmm. so that's how it works. So. Okay, so John, you're I'm gonna assume at, you wrote that down, and then you just come off of that off the dome. Cause. No, I, yeah, I had that written down already. <laughs> All right. yeah. yeah, that was that was gonna be my example, you know. So. All right. All right. So you're uh, the actor I'm gonna give you is gonna be Will Smith. Will Smith. And just because I named this actor doesn't mean that I can link him. I'm just naming a random actor. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a good one. He's, he's, he's been a lot of stuff. A lot of people. Uh. uh all right. How about I'm just gonna jump in and hope it takes me somewhere. Um, let's do. <clears throat> Will Smith was in uh, Independence Day with um, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum was in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. He, well, I was gonna say he, he was in uh, Jurassic Park with the uh, Velociraptors. <laughs> no, I believe those were the same <laughs> actors. Velociraptors actors uh, were in um, Jurassic World. <laughs> That's lame. I, I know. I know. I know where you're going, but. <laughs> I know where you're going, but you actually could have. Uh, there was, a, there's actually a link there. Uh, oh wait, no, Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson was in Jurassic Park. Boom. Yeah. Sam yeah. Jackson, Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. Yeah. And that takes us straight to uh, Colonel Nick Fury of the Marvel. Right. And the link that I was taught, there's actually a link because uh, the the scientist in uh, Jurassic World was the same scientist. You know the. Um, BD Wong. I can't. Yeah, there you go. He was he was in Jurassic Park. So was BD Wong. And he was in the he was in Jurassic World. So you could have linked them that way. And then I thought you were going to go with Chris Pratt, and Chris Pratt was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, That that is what I was (laughs) okay. Study Velociraptor link. I was actually thinking of a way crazier link. (laughs) Velociraptors are not actors. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking of a way way crazier link where where um, Will Smith was in. Hancock with Charlize Theron, who was in Mad Max with Tom Hardy, who was in a British movie called Dot the Eye with Charlie Cox, our current Daredevil. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to go there. You you also could have said Will Smith was in uh, Men in Black 3 with uh, Josh Brolin, and Josh Brolin played Thanos. Oh, and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Who was in Captain America. Yeah, he was in Captain America, wasn't he? I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was playing Tommy Lee Jones again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So, John, you name you name somebody for her. Uh, let's do. Um, uh, how about let's 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 pick one of our uh, fine actresses, of modern age. Let's do uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence was in Silver Linings Playbook with Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper is in Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Wow, that was quick. Oh, <laughs> oh man, she just dropped I'm, the mic. You know what? <laughs> if you're taking Bradley Cooper from Guardians of the Galaxy, you should take the Velociraptors because they're just as. No, Bradley Cooper like played a large role in Guardians of the Galaxy. Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper actually had a role, but they were probably made by different companies. I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. Velociraptor, the Velociraptors didn't have any lines. <laughs> and by the way, between like the whatever ninety something Jurassic Park versus Jurassic World, they're probably made by different like tech companies. Or yeah. like whatever. CG. So Okay, so you, you uh name an actor and I'll see if I can do it. And I'll okay. I'm thinking I'm not gonna be able to do it. Okay. Um Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Uh let's see. She, she basically oh did. yeah, he was he was in Don John with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Scarjo oh, yeah. and Scarjo is Black Widow. So oh, I forgot that one. I should have bought yeah. nothing. Never mind. <laughs> no, it's fine. Right. So that was fun. So what? Every every show, I'm going to try and come up with a different game, and that was the one that I came up with. And I actually thought that I had invented this game until I found that somebody had posted it on Reddit already, but. <laughs> Kevin Bacon or like the superhero one? The super the the uh, the the MCU version. You know, I yeah. thought, hey, you know, there's an, there's enough MCU stuff out there that we could play this game. And then, you know, I kind of did some research just trying to find the list of all the films. And when I did, it came up on Reddit that somebody had already come up with this game. So we just, you know, I said, okay, well, I'll just follow their rules. So it worked. <laughs> but okay, let's do our main topic and. Before before the end of the show, John and I are gonna have to talk about the uh, films that we assigned to each other. But we'll go ahead. And, <laughs> we'll go ahead and do the, um, me. the main topic for the show first. And the main topic of this episode is back to school because you know it's September, and when I was a kid, September was when you went back to school. Now you go back to school at the beginning of August or whatever. But no, you still do September for most schools. It's just like college and some private schools do august well my kids are in public school and they their first day of school was like august the 8th or something like that you know Mm -hmm. and they they they've kind of gone back to school earlier in the summer and then they have more time off later on they have like an extra couple vacation days later on in the year but so um we put together a list of not necessarily our favorite movies that have to do with you know, school, college, whatever, but, you know, films that we like, you know, that have to do with, with those topics. So, uh, I've got three films here, but I thought we just each do one and kind of go around and, you know, we'll take turns and, uh, I'll go first. My, the first film that I picked was Real Genius, mm. starring, uh, Val Kilmer, uh, Gabriel Jarrett, William Atherton. It came out in 1985. And have either one of you guys seen that? I, know I, I have not. You, have. you haven't seen Real Genius? Real? It's, you know, it came out in 1985, so 30 years ago. But, you know, <laughs> it was, it was, it's not a, a great, you know, cinematic feat or whatever, but it's a, it's a good 80s popcorn movie. And if you've seen it, then you know uh-huh. the, pun, the pun is intended. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. It's the first. It's the first movie that I remember ever seeing that had Val Kilmer in it, and he it was Val Kilmer before he was Val Kilmer. Of course, Val Kilmer is not even really Val Kilmer anymore. But 
<laughs> if you've seen him recently, he kind of looks like he ate Val Kilmer. Oh, <laughs> but, but uh, he's that was Batman. The, yeah, now nah, he he did make a. I thought he made a good Batman. It wasn't necessarily the good, the best <laughs> movie, but he did make a pretty decent Batman. Mm-hmm. Not as good as, as Christian Bale, but uh, Christian Bale and Michael Keaton tied yeah. number one. Oh, plus Kevin Conroy, of course. Oh yeah, well he, yeah, he's classic the 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 voice the voice of Batman yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, one of you guys wanna wanna do a, a school mo- a back to school movie? Um, I'll go. Um, so it seems on the virtual table I'm sitting to your left. I think based on the game. Um, yeah. I will go with Heather's. <gasps> yeah. Also, eighties um, fair starring uh, Christian Slater, Winona Ryder. That was how very, huh? How very, indeed. <laughs> and you know, I haven't seen that film in so um, long like, that I don't, I don't remember much about it. Yeah, it's on Netflix, I think. I, um, I I was gonna watch it not long ago, and I didn't. I ended up watching something else, but yeah, yeah. It's it is it is a horrible, delicious treat. That movie, like I, I it was it. It was like the best blending to that point that I'd ever seen of just really funny comedy and just grotesque, malicious, <laughs> dark, dark, dark humor. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it and it worked. It hit on all levels. And I, I like as I'm watching it, I'm like, "There's no way this can have like a satisfying ending. Like, there's there's nothing. This nothing good can happen." And it wasn't a happy ending, but it was yeah. it was satisfying. It worked. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my that's my pick. I love Heather's, but I don't think it could get made today. No, probably not. Yeah. I think I think most it could, of independently, the, it could be it could be an indie film, but no yeah. studio's gonna back that. Yeah, I think mo- like mo- most most of the films most of the films that came out in the eighties mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be be able to make, be made today. They're 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 such a product of their time. That, uh, All the reboots would beg to differ. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. But but I mean, they're not. Which we're getting into another topic. Which the reboots are not always the same movie. They're mm-hmm. using the concept, but the the movie is completely different. If you've seen the reboot of RoboCop, it's RoboCop in name only. You know, mm-hmm. not that it's a bad movie. You know, but it gotcha. it, it didn't feel like I was watching a a another RoboCop version. But anyway, that's another topic. We'll talk about that on another show. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. All right. Um, my pick. All right. Great. My pick is, this is why Joseph Gordon-Levitt was on my mind earlier is brick. It's a 2005 oh. film by Ryan Johnson, or I don't know if it's Ryan Johnson, but it was his first film that he wrote and directed and it's set in a high school and it is like this incredibly dark um I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen it yeah. and, and it's a lot of fun Every all the kids talk like they're in a Humphrey Bogart movie like really hard boiled world weary and yeah it's really good it's like um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays like a social outcast whose girlfriend gets murdered and he basically like goes through like this whole underworld drug trafficking ring to find out how she died and all these cryptic cool clues that she left behind. Um, one of them being um, Brick. She called him frantically and was like something about the Brick. And 
it's really cool. It's a great movie. All, you have all the femme fatales, and it's very dark and weird. I like it. Yeah, that was a good movie. Now I have to check that out. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, I have to check that out. Okay. So my second one is uh, from 1998. It's uh, The Faculty. And it's not necessarily because I think it's a great film. It's just, you know, it was it was something different. I wanted to put something different in my in my list. It wasn't, you know, just run of the mill, you know, school flick or whatever. But this one it was written by Kevin Williamson, and you know he also did Scream, which you know is mm. one of my one of my favorite you know horror movies because it's such a it kind of take, takes horror and turns it up on its head. It's kind of making fun of itself and everything. But he wrote that, and it's directed by Robert Rodriguez, and you know it's not Rodriguez's best effort, but it's it's a horror movie where the teachers and the faculty of a high school have all been replaced by aliens. <laughs> and you know, came out in the in the height of the '90s horror movies that are made for teenagers and stuff like Scream. And I know know what you did last summer, and it had uh, for the time big stars jo- Josh Harn and Elijah Wood, Selma Hayek, and stuff like that. You know, so so that's my second pick, The Faculty. Okay, um, my second film, uh, once again going back into the '80s. Uh, the classic Back to School starring Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Um, I have not seen these movies. <laughs> these are these are before your time. Huh? Yes. They are. Yeah. These are like hieroglyphics. You got to go. <laughs> I thought I thought I had a pretty like fast knowledge. I've seen like all the John Hughes movies. And I was like, yeah, I got this. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you, 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 yes, you were definitely a, a cinema buff. And I wouldn't say that these movies are obscure, but they're probably something that someone would have to tell you about. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Um, you know, you might happen to catch it on TBS late one night if you're flipping through the channels or something. But yeah, so Back to School starred Rodney Dangerfield kind of at the height of his popularity, 1986, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he he's like this successful business guy. Uh, he's still Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, don't, you know, he's, you know, it's not like he's ever plays anybody different. But he's right. Rodney Dangerfield. He's a successful guy. And it turns out like he never got his college degree or something like that. Um, so he decides to go back to school and goes to school, the same school that his son's going to, school being college. Right. Uh, not like, you know, it's not a Billy Madison situation. Yeah. Um, it's, kind, it, it's kind of the same kind of, uh, kind of plot but you know it's it's billy yeah. madison had to go all the way through kindergarten and everything so that was right and as as far as plot goes it's not man it, it's basically an excuse for rodney tangerfield to tell jokes yeah uh but it works it's 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 a uh, uh it's funny it, it's very entertaining and the best part of the film is um so apparently he's 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 a swimmer the 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 big climax is the swim, the diving competition. And Ronnie Dangerfield in his younger days apparently was this, uh, this legendary like circus performer diver. And so of course they need him to, to fill in in the last scene so that the, you know, so that the home team can, can win the diving competition. And he does this dive. <laughs> he does the dive yeah. called the triple Lindy. <laughs> so 
in order to perform, and I don't even know if I want to tell you. So you can just be amazed the way I <laughs> I got to say, first of all, the first time I saw it, for a split second, I actually thought it was Rodney Dangerfield. The body, dang- the body double uh, <laughs> was impeccable for an old, you know, pot-bellied man. Yeah. And they, they nailed it. Um, but the... Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you. But I'm sure okay. it's on YouTube. Just say, just type in "Back to School Triple Indy," <laughs> and you will see the uh, the ridiculous wonder. Right, is this barely believable? I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, I've oh, seen yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. This is this is this for HT. Yeah. Uh, also, how great of a name is Rodney Dangerfield? Is Rodney? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I've always wondered if that was his actual name or if that was just a name he came up with when he started in show business or whatever. But, you know, he was the classic, you know, he was a classic comedian. He's a, he's a comedian that everybody always did impressions of, you know, I got no respect. I got no respect at all. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, uh, and he made he made uh, a few films towards uh, the end of his career mm-hmm. that um, uh, uh, he made one called Ladybugs that. I really enjoyed growing up. You know, I watched it several times and it had uh, Jonathan Brandis in it. And basically he had a boy that was going to an all girls school so that she could, so that he could, because he was really good at soccer. I think it was soccer. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was like there, um, you know, he he was the one that was going to carry the soccer team and get them into the championship and everything. But he had to dress up like a girl to do it, you know, you know, so it was. You know, Dangerfield had some some gems there towards the end of his career. But okay. so go ahead with your with your second choice there, Hi Chan. All right, my second choice. It seems all the great high school movies were made in the eighties because my choice is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh yeah, um, yeah. As you know, like the only eighties movies I've seen apparently are John Hughes movies. But yeah. it's my. <laughs> It's my favorite one because um, it's got, like, you know, the signature kind of comedy appeal, but it also has, like, this underpinning of sadness, I guess, especially with um, Cameron's story and kind of his, like, coming out of his shell and facing his parents. But um, it's basically about a kid, Ferris Bueller, who decides to take off a day from school and brings along his girlfriend, Sloan, and his uptight friend, Cameron. Um, It's really great because they kind of just go around Chicago and do various crazy things like crash a parade and um, pose as a sausage king, I think. Yes. Yeah. The yes. Sausage king of the Chicago. Sausage king of Chicago. Yeah. Yes. It's really quotable. I love it. Um, and it's really cool if you see it from kind of the perspective of Cameron rather than being the main character rather than Ferris because Ferris is really just like not a character. He's kind of like force of nature. It, yeah, he's like the male version of a manic pixie dream girl, if you know what that is. <laughs> yeah, he's like one of the few, yeah, the few <laughs> rare examples of that in cinema. So I kind of appreciate him for that. He was there to help Cameron to come into his own and realize what he wants to do with his life or something. Have you ever heard the theory that Ferris is a figment of Cameron's imagination? I have heard that theory. Yeah. I decided to see the movie halfway and just think of it as Cameron as the main character and not think of Ferris as like this figment because that just makes me more sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, I, there was a, a I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show the the Goldbergs. Um, it's, I've heard uh, of it. Yeah, yes. it's a it's a sitcom. 
so that was... takes place in the eighties. But I was just they had a rerun last week, and it was the um, the episode that's about Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where the the two brothers both want to be Ferris, so they go off and they have their they they skip school and try to do everything they did in the in the film, and they even go uh-huh. to a country club and and they they have no they have no trouble getting in and getting a table, and they get mad that they didn't get that they didn't get kicked out and the cops didn't get <laughs> called on them and stuff like that. You know, so it's it's pretty funny episode, but yeah, Ferris oh. Bueller's Day Off is a yeah that's that's a, that's a great a great uh, '80s film. Another one that I don't know if it was made now if it would if it would work as well as it did then, I think it was just the perfect time and the perfect cast. You know what? I think that, I think that's one of the ones, I think that would work perfectly. I think that's kind of universal. Like the kid, uh, you know, the, the kid kind of breaking out, you know, yeah. if we, if we are assuming, you know, if we're going with the vein that Ferris is the star, uh, you know, the movies about him, you know, the, the rebel teen who does all the stuff you always, you always wish you could do. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that would, I think that, I think they can make that today. Yeah. yeah. It's a timeless story. It's kind of, you know, your basic teenage ennui, but a little bit more magical. Yeah. And the, yeah. the sibling rivalry of, you know, everybody loves my brother and everybody hates me. Lots of people mm-hmm. relate to that. Yeah. And so, of course, te- so technically it probably has already been made probably 15 times since, <laughs> since that came out in the, in the eighties. Oh. So. Fun fact, actually, there was a Ferris Bueller TV show in the nineties. I remember and- it. Yes, I have only seen like the first couple of minutes of, but from what I found on YouTube. But Jennifer Aniston plays the sister. Yeah, yes. It only lasted, <laughs> I think, one one season. I think and yeah. it may not have even lasted the entire season. That was a time in the '80s when any film that came out that was successful, they felt like they either had to make a TV show of it or they had to make a cartoon of it. Because because there was a. There was a Teen Wolf uh, TV show that came on for a while. That's not not like the one that's on now. Right. It, was uh-huh. a com- it was a comedy, you know. The, the one that's on now is a is like a sci fi drama or whatever, you know. And then yeah, they had that- they had cartoons about everything that came out. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Wow. You know all that kind of stuff. I would say if you um, the Ferris Bueller show was not great, but the good. Ferris Bueller show that was not Ferris Bueller was Parker Lewis can't lose. Parker Lewis can't lose. Yeah, I heard about that. that yeah, I heard that's the reason like the Ferris Bueller show basically like tanked because it's very similar. Yeah, the and, in fact, they, they actually there was one episode like they knew that they were treading the same water. That the Ferris Bueller was very self aware. Like they would speak to the camera every now and then. Like they 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 got it. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember there was one scene where the principal was yelling at Parker and she called him Ferris. <laughs> yeah. And <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> and the sidekick was like, oh you watch it, watch it. Copyright, copyright. Uh, <laughs> but uh all right, nice choice. Cool. Alright, so my last choice let me pull my notes back up here. My last choice is and I just went with something that was gonna be completely different. Um <laughs> Sky High from uh, 2005. Oh my god! Sorry. Kurt Russell and Kelly Preston. I love that movie. Wow. Uh, yeah. oh, and I the, seen the so reason long. I picked it is because when, when I was a kid, I used to write stories, and Sky High is kind of along the along the line of the kind of stuff that I used to make up. You know, it's a it's a school where kids learn how to be superheroes. You know, so <laughs> uh, and I, I love that concept. You know, and I thought that it probably would have made a really good TV show, you know, if they did, 
done it that way instead of doing the film. But, you know, the, I like the film, you know, and I watched, I, I was grown by the time it came out. So I was watching it with my kids, you know, but yeah, kids if you're, are good if you're a grown guy that's pushing 40, you might not want to watch it by yourself, you know, but you know, I watched, I watched it with my kids. So, but I do, I, I do like that film sky high 2005. I, yeah. Sky uh, high I watched as a kid. And so it's very ingrained with my childhood. I thought I heard that they were going to try to do a like recently, like they were going to try to do a series. Um, I may be making that up, but I, I, I do think I remember reading something about that like a few months ago. It wouldn't I think I actually saw the article. They basically, they kind of have like the Disney channel, I think has like two or three shows that are kind of superhero based. Like, uh, yeah, was it my, my mighty mad, mighty mad where it's like the hospital where superheroes go. Uh, the, the Thundermans or something like that. Yeah, the Thundermans are basically like a, like the Incredibles kind of superhero family, I think. Um, so yeah, they they um they recognize the potential, I guess. Yeah, and it's kind of the thing right now to go back and and find TV shows from ten, fifteen, twenty years ago and turn them into modern TV shows. You know, they've been doing that a lot lately. So I think Galaxy Quest is supposed to be coming on. Uh, uh, Amazon sometime in the next year or so. They're, they're as, as a show, as a TV show, yeah. yeah. Amazon shows are hit or miss, though. Yeah, Netflix is I think is the reigning champ, but we can mm-hmm. that'll probably be a topic of another show too. They're yeah, mm-hmm. they're 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 trying to catch up. They're trying to come up with some ideas, but okay. So go ahead with your next choice, sir. Uh, my my third choice is um, the movie itself wasn't great, but it's uh it's it planted the seed for one of the best things of the past 20 years buffy the vampire slayer yeah oh, you took my choice Honestly. <laughs> uh, but oh, no. as 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 the guest you want to take the first pick go ahead no it's okay no no no, no, no it's fine you, got, I mean, fine. No, you continue it's your turn i will um, i'll add whatever i have all right it was a movie and then there was a show Um, Basically, it's my favorite TV show ever. Um, It's very formative for me. But uh, (laughs) the movie movie was in 1992, I think, and it was written by Joss Whedon. But it was basically based on Joss's concept, like idea that uh, blonde girls in horror movies are always the first to die. And he's like, well, why can't the blonde girl actually run into an alley and then take that, that monster's butt and so he kind of created that concept off of it and created Buffy the Vampire Slayer but the movie did not do that well and it was kind of made into a crampier cheesier um, film than he had like anticipated he kind of wanted to do like this whole feminist subverting the patriarchy kind of thing and, and it ended into like this really like cheesy the, thing kind of a sad undertone too like of mm-hmm. you know, she's, she should be popular and she should you know have all these advantages but it's really this lonely kind of depressing life that she has to lead and it yeah. turned into kind of a slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah, movie was still did, pretty awful. He didn't really – yeah, well, I mean the studio got in the way. He didn't get to make the movie that he wanted to make because mm-hmm. the studio kept saying, no, you got to do this. you got to do that. <laughs> so so he, made the, he made the movie, and then he had to wait until the studio uh, had to basically revert the rights back to him a few years later so that he could make the show into what he actually had envisioned in the first place. So mm-hmm. the the show is more of the vision of what he wanted, but you know it's still a good movie. I like the movie. You know, it's just it's different. You have to like look Paul at Rubens it as being, yeah. Spoiler: yeah. Paul Rubens dies in the movie. 
Who dies? What? <laughs> I said Pee-wee. I like called Ruben's death. Oh yeah. Yes. Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Uh, vampire Pee Wee Herman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> takes takes the the big stake at the end. Is it? Yeah. Is it, isn't every Pee Wee Herman basically the vampire Pee Wee Herman? <laughs> <laughs> He, oh, he, looked like, he looked like a vampire, yeah. Yeah, white skin, yeah. Eternally eternally youthful, I guess. You, you make a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the show was um, an extension of his original concept for the movie, but he took it a little further. So instead of like subverting horror movie tropes, he kind of made it into a more uh, elongated metaphor for high school as hell. So... Um, each like demon that she fought was like a metaphor for some like trouble that teens go through in high school, and you know the fact that their school was literally sitting on the mouth of hell. Right. So it was cool. Every like little uh, monumental moments that you that you end in. That was a good choice. I like. I mean, I like. I like that both of you had the had the same choice, but. Okay, so that was uh that was our back to school uh choices. I think we had some pretty good choices there. Um and I mean there's a lot of films out there that have to do with school. I saw one recently with my daughter called The Duff. Um oh, that didn't that look had, and I can't remember the that girl's name, the girl that played on Parenthood and you know, it's based on a book uh, the designated ugly fat friend or something like that but you know it was it, it was all right but like i said you know there's just there's constantly films coming out that have to do with school there's just there's certain ones that stick in your in your brain and especially you know people my age ferris bueller's day off is definitely one of them there's also movies like the breakfast club you know that have to do with with school you know stuff like that that you know they they, they stick in your brain and they just become part of who you, who you are. So I just wanted to talk about some of those films real quick. But the uh, the next segment that I want to do is going to be where John and I are going to talk about the films that we assigned to each other last time around. And uh, John, did you get around to watching In Time? I did watch it. Um, so In Time, uh, they a sci-fi action movie. Starring uh, Justin Timberlake and um, Amanda Seyfried, is that right? Yeah. <coughs> and uh, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy was in it too. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a good movie. I'd, I'd seen it before. Um, okay. I figured you probably had, but I just uh, I, I did. I watched it again uh, to you know kind of refresh my memory. Um, it was good. So so how do you want to do this section? Do you want me to like, do you want to say why you recommended it, or do you want me to just kind of give you my review, or how do you want to do it? You go ahead and give your review, and then uh, and then I'll just because I've just got a couple of little lines about it, but I'll go ahead and let you do your little review first. Okay. Um, well, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I also you also um, asked me to watch. Um, so so the the concept in this world, um, people are born and they can basically be immortal. Like all people aging is stopped at the age of 25. And after the age of 25, there's a little digital clock that's imprinted um, in your forearm and it starts counting down. You get a year at the age of 25 and uh, the story follows Justin Timberlake. Um, He and his mom live in basically the ghetto and you know, they, you know, they, they're, they're, you know, blue blue collar people. They they 
they basically would just work to pay their debts and they never really have more than a day on their clock. They just, right. you know, kind of live in literally live in day to day. Paycheck to paycheck, i.e. day to day. Um, and time is used as the currency. So, you know, if you buy a cup of coffee, you know, maybe it costs you like, you know, 40 minutes instead of, you know, four bucks or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so he, through um, a series of circumstances, um, finds himself with a whole lot of time. He, um, so he goes to the where the rich folks live. <laughs> yeah, and he, you know, he kind of tries the upper to, east side or whatever. Yep, yeah, right, right, right. Um, and you know, he he's quickly he kind of fits in, but not really. And he's quickly kind of found out he didn't do anything wrong to get the time, but you know, it quickly becomes clear it kind of doesn't matter what your character is, if you're if you're born in the hood, you're supposed to stay in the hood. Right. And if you're born with the wealthy, you're supposed to stay with the wealthy, and there's a system in place, and the system is self-sustaining. Um, so, yeah, so as, as a, like, on its own, as, a, as an action movie, as a sci-fi movie, I, I enjoyed it. Like, the, the writing is good, the action is good. I found, though, that I couldn't just watch it on that level. Like, I, and I'm sure it's their point... You know, to, to to have you think about, you know, society and, uh, you know, the nature of, of class and, and privilege, which it did, but it also kind of made it a struggle for me to not just watch the whole movie pissed off. At, not at the movie, yeah. but at the system right. that I actually live in. I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, if you, yep, that's pretty much right. <laughs> that's pretty much right. If you If you trade out time for money... Yes, they die sooner, they die faster, and it's almost kind of part of the plan. Like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything, but uh, come on. Like, <laughs> you know, the life of a uh, a gangbanger is not going to receive the same attention as the life of, you know, like a corporate CEO. Exactly, yeah. Um, Hi, so, Candy. Have you ever seen In Time before? I have seen it. I didn't really enjoy it, actually. I thought um, it was just kind of very shiny and very cool on the surface, but I didn't have much to offer underneath. And kind of Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried were very wooden in it. So, yeah. I, yeah, I was kind of – I wasn't blown away. It was a cool concept, but I thought it was just – more flash than substance, you know. And that's—I think that's pretty much what I was going to say about it. And, and, and um, I mean, I had a—I had a reason for assigning it, but the concept of the film is what strikes me. I like the idea of a of a sci-fi story where you're in this world where time is used as a currency or whatever. I thought that this particular film, the first half of it was better than the second half. I thought that the second half kind of turned it. Yeah. Into an action film, and I think that and everything does that now. You got to turn everything into an action film by the end of it, you know, and it kind of kind of throws the concept away. But I, that that uh, that short film that I sent you a link to on YouTube, yeah, you I watched that. that? Okay, it it's is. called the the Price of Life from 1987, <laughs> and I've I found that actually when I was a kid, it came on as part of uh, Showtime used to have this show called the Thirty Minute Movie, and uh, it would come on. You know, every month they had like a different short film that they would show over and over and over. 
Well, I was up late one night and that happened to come on and I was, I think I was like 10 when it came on and, uh, I didn't know what it was. I just, I just watched it. But for some reason that short film has stuck in my mind all this, all these years. And then when I watched End Time, I was like, Hey, that's the same concept from that film that I saw when I was a kid. I couldn't even remember the name of it, but I did research and I found it. But, um, you know, that short film is called The Price of Life. And, um, basically it's asking the question of if you were able to help someone that you love or you were able to live forever and be rich, which one would you choose? You know? And, uh, what'd you, what did you think of that, of that film, the short film? Um, I like, I liked it also. It was, um, like you said, same basic concept yeah. um, where you, you know, you, you earn time and you, you know, like you earn life minutes and seconds. Um, I, I do feel like it was more esoteric. Yeah. Um, in a, in a good way. Then, uh, in time, I mean, it was not, you know, it was not action based. It's, it felt, I don't know about the pacing of it. Yeah. Um, which is ironic in a movie about time, but um, I it, it it was it was basically it was like a Twilight episode, like a Twilight Zone. Yeah, it was it was very much like a Twilight Zone on outer limits, and you know even down to the kind of let's call it ambiguous ending. Um, I I liked it. I liked it. It was, it was definitely more of a uh, more of a thinker. Yeah. The scene, that, the scene that stuck with me all these years is the scene where the the sister uh, basically gambles all of her time away, and she's got right. like a minute left, and she's trying to get to her brother so he can give her more time, and she doesn't make it, you know. And that that scene stuck in my mind ever since I was a kid, you know, just watching her trying to, and the and the computer counting down. You have thirty seconds left. You have twenty seconds left. You know. And here's what was messed up. Like I, I'm, I get the sense that she didn't know this. But they established that people can't give time to people of their own family. So even right. if she hated to him, she still would have died. And and she, he been, wouldn't have been able to help her. Yeah, but no, she was just desperate. Sad. You know, she was desperate. Was, so she was. It was. It was. Uh, it was good. It's worth watching. Like you yeah. said, about half half an hour, forty minutes. I'd say. Yeah. Um. Going going back to end time though, um, I did take a few notes. Okay. I thought I was going to be on the show. Uh. So. Uh, I thought the the effect, the visual effect, like you said, it was very slick. Um, I, I thought it was very simple. The little clock just under the skin, I thought it looked good, though. Yeah. Um, the whole time, he's like, I'm not a thief, until he kidnaps the daughter, like, two minutes later. He's like, I'm not a thief, but I'm a kidnapper. <laughs> yeah. Like, two minutes after that, he's like, you know what, is it really stealing if you stole it first? <laughs> so I'm not a thief, I'm just going to take what you have. Right. Uh I wasn't really clear on how the time transfer worked. Like, so you lock wrists with somebody and you're going to stare into their eyes and like your time goes down. Like, I guess it's just a battle of wills. Yeah. But they never really establish how, which is fine. I guess you don't have to explain everything. Yeah. But it did seem kind of like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to time you out. I'm going to drain you dry. I'm like, how? Yeah. Can I just it's, stop you? Can I just say, no, you can't have my time? But clearly, right. that's not the case. It's one of those things that it's like, um, we've got this concept, we've got these ideas, but we're not going to really execute them correctly, you know? So right. 
we're not going to explain everything. We're just going to do it. You know, that's why I think it kind of, it kind of came apart in the second half. But like I said, it's more of the concept than the actual film itself because, you know, Justin Timberlake's not known for his uh, acting skills, you know, so he's, he's a musician. He's on SNL. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Comedy. He's great. He's great with comedy and he's, and he's and he's a great, you know, performer and everything. But, you know, as far as a dramatic actor, he, yeah, he didn't quite. I feel like he yet. did. Yeah. I feel like he did fine. Yeah. Um, I I had an issue with they went they went over a ravine in a convertible. Yeah, with no seatbelts and the car flipped like twice. And they <laughs> were, you know, they just, they get they were knocked out for like a minute and they kind of shook it off. Like, oh, look, we better start running again. Like no, <laughs> so dead. You'd be so dead. Sci-fi. Okay, so the um. The film that you assigned me was <laughs> Mad Dog Time. I wasn't done going off on in time. Well, go, ahead. go ahead. AKA Trigger Happy. Uh-huh. And you know what? <laughs> I, could, I couldn't find it. I looked everywhere for this movie. It wasn't on Google. It wasn't on Netflix. I finally found a DVD on Amazon for like six bucks. So I went ahead and bought it. But... And then when I watched it, I realized I've seen this movie before, and I think I watched it with you. I think I watched really? it. Really? Yeah, I think I watched it at your apartment back when we were working at um, at the sales place. But cool. but I did, it had been so long, I didn't really remember a whole lot about it. I just remembered a couple of things. But um, so it takes place in an alternate reality where there's it's like a gangster movie, but there's no law enforcement, there's no police, <laughs> there's no FBI, anything like that. Everybody just pretty much does whatever they want to do. And I, I liked it. Um, there was a lot of scenes where Jeff Goldblum would be in a situation where, you know, it's a matter of life and death. He's got guns pointed at him and he just kind of leans back and lounges, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's, like it's, like it's no big deal or whatever. And I kind of like that, you know, especially the scene towards the end where they're having the big, a standoff. Um, they're having a standoff, but everybody's sitting down, you know. <laughs> and uh, 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 Ellen uh, Ellen Barkin, she comes in and she's screaming. She's got the gun and everything. And then uh, they kill Nick. And then Jeff Goldblum, he's he still got his gun out. Richard Dreyfuss still got his gun out. And uh, Jeff Goldblum just kind of leans back, but it puts his arm on the back of the couch, and he's just kind of lounging there. You know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but, and does, and when Ellen Barkin came in screaming, I'm tired of all this Mick, Vic, Nick, all this kind of stuff, you know, it made me laugh. I, I thought it was, it was pretty funny, but it's a, it's a good movie. And even though it's really a, a comedy, mostly, you know, it's more comedy than anything else. I thought that Richard Dreyfus gave one of the better performances that I've ever seen him in. And I thought that, he probably should have focused on a couple more gangster movies before he retired. <laughs> I thought he did it. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, there were a lot of. Um, I discovered that film when I was actually working at. There used to be these places called uh, video rental stores. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember and, those. There's like old monuments to them. I think there's like exactly, a cluster exactly. sign over yeah. an empty store. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at. I worked at this uh, video store called Video Express. And, 
you know, I, I worked there, so I, you know, I had to, I, I worked at the counter and I, you know, had to organize the shelves and all that stuff. And so uh, I was putting movies back, and I discovered this film. And you know, Jeff Goldblum's on the cover, so I'm like, okay. And I turned it over, and there's this 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 amazing list of like A-list actors in this movie that I'd never heard of. Right. <laughs> which is which is always a good sign. Like if if like real stars are in a movie you've never heard of, that means it's probably a good movie. Or probably. a terrible movie. <laughs> or, they not, made, or they made it at the beginning of their career, you know, or something like that. Yeah. It's not it's not gonna be in between. It's either gonna be really, really good because the actors got excited about it and they wanted to do it for not a lot of money. Or it's gonna be really, really bad because the actors got excited about it and their agents couldn't talk about it. Yeah. That's one to grow on. Or is another one of those examples where the studio gets in the way and won't let the actors and the, uh, and the director, and everybody make the film that they want to make, you know, and, and, and they end right. up making a piece of garbage, you know, right. but that's not what this was. This was, this was actually, I thought this was actually pretty good. I liked it. And it, yeah, I think, I'm glad yeah, I've got the it, DVD cause I'll probably go back and watch it again. <laughs> I'm glad I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that worked out because I feel kind of bad that you had to buy it when you. Yeah, uh, it was like six bucks. I probably would have paid the same amount if I had rented it on Google anyway. You know, so yeah. It just I had to wait for it to get here. It just got here like last week, I think. So I, I was wondering uh, if I was even going to get to watch it before the before the show. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, I can and say and guess that you have not seen this movie. I have not, but I was looking at pictures and Richard. Uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> This, Jeff Goldblum, he he um he gets his dirty on in, yeah. in every way, in every way <laughs> that you can interpret that. And this movie, the, what year did this come out? I uh, forgot. Probably like ninety two, I would say. So it was pre Jurassic Park. Um, like about the same. I think time. around the same yeah. time. Okay, because Jurassic Park is the famous scene where he's lounged back yeah. with his shirt wide Inexplicably. open, greased up, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you get, the, you get that meme that comes around all the time, you know, with the, with his, his greasy chest and everything. Oh, Jurassic Park was 93, so it was a couple of years before. Okay. Well, the... Uh, I thought Tom was 96. Oh, okay, so it was after. Okay, so that's three years after. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, well... Because I Cause thought like, you looked... Back, like, like, so here's, here's who's in this movie. Um... Uh, Jeff Goldblum, as we said, Ellen Barkin, uh, Gabriel Byrne, Richard Dreyfuss, yeah, Diane, Diane Lane, Lane Burt Rip, Burt Reynolds, <laughs> Larry Bishop, Joey that's Bishop. What I, that's one of the things I was going to mention. But Burt Reynolds was wasted in this in that movie. He looks wasted. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know if there if he had scenes that they filmed that they didn't use in the film or whatever, but he was only in like two scenes. He had maybe four or five lines, and then he gets killed. You know, because yeah. when but I saw him. When I saw him the first, when he first comes into the movie, I see him, hey, Burt Reynolds, you know, and I thought, yeah, he's going to have a major part to do with this film, and then he gets, he gets killed, you know, which, I mean, spoilers, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think almost, almost everybody in this film right. dies, you know. Uh, so. Kyle McLaughlin, Angie Everhart, Richard, Henry Silva, uh, Gregory Hines, Billy Idol, Billy Drago, uh, Paul Anka, Richard Pryor has a scene. Rob Reiner has a scene, and I I didn't know this at the time, but it was written and directed by Larry Bishop. And Gregory but, Hines is one of the, one of the few times that you'll see him on camera, and he doesn't dance. 
not dancing. Yeah. Not dancing Gregory Hines. Um, yeah, so I was okay with Burt Riddle's big in a couple of seasons. And here's the thing. Like, I, I, I originally saw this uh, with a friend of mine. Not you. Sorry. The first time I saw it. The first time I saw it. And we, you know, we left our butts off. It was just so funny. And, yeah. like, you would think there is this huge cast of characters, but they kill people so <laughs> they yeah. kill people so quickly and so frequently. It's not a problem, like remembering who they are. Right. Like the people that you need to know, you kind of know. Everybody else, you just kind of need to know. They stick around long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I was talking about the pacing. This movie is this. This is perfectly. This is a very well crafted film. Yeah. Hey, sorry guys, but um, I have to head out soon. So if we could like wrap up or something, <laughs> unless like I could just like head out now or something like that. No, okay, yeah. Let, let me just uh, give John his assignment for next time, and then we'll we'll wrap up. If okay, you got cool. maybe five more minutes, okay. So John, uh, for the next show, I'm gonna assign you a film, and I know for a fact that this is on Hulu because I watched it about a week ago. Uh, it's called uh, Free Enterprise, and it has. Eric McCormick, Rafer Weigel, uh, Phil Lamar, and William Shatner, and it's on it's on Hulu. <laughs> and it I can't remember the year it came out. It's it's mid nineties, and it's dated. So, but but um, I think you'll I don't know if you've seen it before or not, but I I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, okay. Um, actually, didn't come up with an assignment for you. <laughs> okay, uh, but. Um, as a general rule, um, and you know, I will testify to this. I'm encouraging everyone I know. (laughs) In fact, do you want to do it for me? Go go ahead and tell them what I'm going to say. Sense eight. Sense eight. Sense eight. You know, I've heard of that. It is. It is an original series on uh, Netflix. I think there's probably 13 episodes. First series is out. It's been out for a few months, and I kind of didn't know about it until. You know, I'm, I'm on Netflix, and Netflix says, hey, you like sci-fi. Do you want to watch this? I was like, sure. Uh, and the first episode is intriguing, um, but it definitely gets better as it goes. Third episode was probably – I'm not expecting you to watch all 13 hours of it. So, you know, I'll watch, much, Yeah, I'll try, I'll try to watch the first few – first three yeah, or four at least. As, yeah. as much or as little as you want to watch. Um, it's fine, especially since I didn't come up with the – real one for you to watch okay um but yeah it's great so oh, it's by the wachowski brothers if that's like yeah your poison or your, <laughs> or your poison. oh so the wachowski brothers the ones that did the matrix the yeah matrix. or the okay. ones who did um cloud atlas or yeah. um what's the movie speed, racer. speed racer okay. or yeah. whatever channing tatum so, movie that was Oh, uh, Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending. Yes. Yeah, yeah so I, haven't, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that yet either. So the basic plot is um, there is a group of people who um, suddenly become kind of telepathic and linked to each other. There's like eight people since eight, um, and one person who is kind of connected to all of them dies and that's the event that triggers their telepathic connection and they're you know they're all around the world all different kinds of people and that concept has been done a lot poorly 
So that's another reason I wasn't really expecting much. Um, but they actually, they actually pull it off. There's some parts that, um, don't work as well as others, but you know, overall, I think it's, it's really good. Like a few episodes in, they, they, they get control more over their abilities and they can kind of, um, take over. So like if I'm in a situation, like I don't like, maybe I don't know how to drive a car. That's probably a lame excuse. Let's say I don't know how to use nunchucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Suppose I need to build a bomb yeah. or fly a plane, you know, something that I personally don't have the skill to do. One of the others who does can kind of leap in and take over my body and get advised by others who are connecting. And it's, it's so like there's two or three really good action scenes where uh, various people jump in as they're needed in the situation. Like it's, 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 it's probably one of the best times I've seen that done. In fact, it is. It's the best time I've seen that done. Uh, uh, and like I said, it's not a new concept, but I, f- I feel like this one really nails it as they start to get their powers more under control. Okay. All right. Well, I'll check it out, and we'll we'll just we'll talk talk about it on the next show. So, I mean, I guess uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. And um, hi, Chan. I want to thank you for joining us this time. And you are. No problem. You're invited to come back anytime you want. You uh, you did a pretty good job. Thank you. <laughs> and, and John, you're, you're John, you're invited to come back as well. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> okay. So um, just to let everybody know, uh, you can like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Cosmic Potato. We are also on Twitter, uh, Cosmic Potato underscore one. And uh, we have a website now, CosmicPotato.com, where you can hear this show. You can see my blog. We also, I also have another podcast that I'm uh, doing. I'm, tr- I'm trying to do weekly called Shrinking Sean. That's uh, it's it's not about film and TV. It's more about uh, weight loss and food food addiction and things like that. So it's a little more serious at times. But I also kind of I also talk about random things that I'm thinking about at the time, like whatever I might be watching on TV that day, but uh, give that one a shot. And um, that's pretty much it for me. You guys have anything else you want to add before we close out? No. Um, no. Oh, you know what? Uh, last episode, I, I composed a haiku, some haikus on the spot. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to do that this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but... <clears throat> I did. One did occur to me. I'll, I'll post it. I'll post it on our Facebook page, and you can uh, tweet it out if you want. Okay. Uh, just about the changing seasons and going back to school. Okay. Alrighty. All right, guys. So uh, until uh, next time, thank you for joining us here on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, and we will talk to you in the future. Bye bye.